Hello everyone, welcome in. I hope you guys are all doing well. I am Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, Jason Lyon. Thank you guys for uh, for bearing with me as we we slowly work our way through this. Um, I gotta fix that sound. There we go. All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining in tonight. <clears throat> like I said, my name is Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, Jason Lyon. Hope everything's coming out great. Um, we are on a brand new platform. Brand new platform. That's why I'm looking a little bit differently. Uh, we finally got some upgrades coming on, and so that means. Hopefully, the production of the show will be uh, coming out a little bit better for you guys. Hopefully, you guys will have a little bit of a higher sound quality. Um, we're able to do a lot of new things, such as, um, you know, if, if we want, if, while I'm covering a, an article, we can go ahead and flip on over and we can talk about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's favorable, unfavorable ratings of, uh, on the poll. So, lots to cover, lots of things that we can, we can hit here. So, uh, I'm excited to see what kind of... Uh, what the future holds for us and um hope you guys are as well it's gonna be a great time and uh i guess i should get into the introduction so i already introduced myself but i want to give a big thank you to muddy waters media for allowing me to come on come on here and use their platform in order to speak my truth speak uh speak the truth and to give all of the beard and the truth so uh thank you to muddy waters media for allowing me this opportunity um <clears throat> Also want to give a big shout out uh, to, of course, um, to you guys for coming in tonight. So thank you guys for for coming in, and supporting, and and being a part of the show, and uh, it 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 means a lot. And and uh, I truly, honestly, thankful for everything that you guys are doing. Um, Mike sounds a little weird. Uh, can you can you elaborate on what weird sounds like? Uh, because I do not know what weird sounds like. That would. Here, hold on. Let me see if I can if I can get this myself. So when I'm talking, let me see if I can. Okay, I I know what's happening. All right. Nonetheless, we will we will get through the mic issue here in uh, uh, uh overtime. That will be uh, next big thing for us. Um, but other than that, guys, I appreciate you guys for coming in. So tonight's show, we are going to be talking about the Trump wall. So there's been some, some new stuff. There, there's a new breaking uh, information coming out because Trump finally practiced what a veto is. He finally practiced something that's constitutional and it's got, gotten a lot of people into an uproar. We'll figure out if that is uh, the best response or how, how that should have been handled. Um, so we'll get into that because we have been covering the wall literally since the time that President Trump has been elected in office. We'll also be covering, if you guys missed the big news, down there in New Zealand, there was a, a an individual, correction, there were two individuals that were shooting up a mosque, and uh, one of them has been missed by the media, so we're going to cover a little bit of that, but we're also going to cover the main shooters, the one who's getting all the publicity, we're going to cover his manifesto, we're going to cover the actual manifesto in which he basically lays it all out there for us to understand exactly what he wanted to do, exactly what his message was, and uh, we're going to see just of how uh, how the media has been able to butcher this and bastardize it in order to give you what's not really important. So we're going to cover that as well tonight. Um, we've got um, we're going to cover a couple of constitutional things. So the the first one is uh we're going to cover that it's it's okay to be rude to cops it's okay to give them a middle finger uh for being assholes to you this was uh one of the one of the decisions of the sixth circuit uh that recently came out and we're also going to be covering if you guys remember who robert Kraft is 
Robert Kraft is a, is one of the big wigs over there at the New England Patriots. So Robert Kraft got got picked up, got swooped up for having consensual sex with money. That's right, prostitution. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into that because there's a little bit of more information that was dropped on this, and it's very important that we cover that um, because as somebody who wants our government to be rolled back, to be peeled back to the Constitution. Um, anytime there's a clear violation, such as with this instance, it's important that we talk about it because let's tear it down, let's let's keep it down, and uh, let's let's have liberty thrive again. So we got we got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, I'm sure we're going to have even more topics to cover um, with all of that. So thank you guys all for being here tonight. Kind of tin sounding mic, not bad though. Clear sounding in my opinion. All right, um, this may be. This may actually be because I did accidentally drop my mic last night. Uh, it, 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 oh. I, I, I about cried. I, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I about cried. Uh, it's not exactly the cheapest of mics, but um, yes. So hopefully we'll be able to get that 10 soundy uh, knocked out and figured out. Um, hopefully it's just a cable or something else. We will we'll get through that as time goes on. Um, so I want to first start off with the president. The President Trump issues his first veto over border emergency declaration. So if you guys recall back to, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, uh, President Trump comes out and he says, hey, look, we're going to have the 31st national emergency that's coming on to this country. And a part of this national emergency is the fact that there's too much illegal immigration crossing our southern border. There's too many uh, people bringing children across. There's there's too many drugs. There's human trafficking. There's a lot of atrocities happening down at the southern border, and we must do something. And because Congress has failed to act, Congress has failed to provide me with my border wall, pro provide me with my funding for my border wall, um, I'm going to declare a national emergency in accordance with the National Emergencies Act of 1976. So President Trump goes ahead and does that. Now the challenge has been made. So Congress comes through in a pretty, uh, pretty divisive or decisive uh, vote condemns this. They say no, there is no emergency. So the wording on the on the um, the resolution from the House and Senate is basically saying that there is not an emergency down there at the southern border. This way, uh, it would prevent President Trump from being able to enact his law or erect his wall down along the southern border um, by taking away from three different buckets of money that was allocated to different areas. Two of the three buckets are acceptable and allowed, um, which, which I believe would raise up to a, approximately $5 billion. But for him to get the full $8 billion from these three buckets, it requires this emergency declaration to stand and for uh, him not to be uh, prevented. So the final vote in the Senate, and this is, this is where things are going to get iffy. The final vote in the Senate to pass this resolution was 59 to 41, which means that they, they won handedly, right? And all they needed was 51, so they had eight above. Um, but now that, the now that President Trump has vetoed, and basically said, nah, I'm not having it. You guys can't, you guys can't hold me back. I'm the president of the United States. I've got the Oval Office. I get to do what I want to do. And that means that there's a declaration of, of, of an emergency and I'm getting my wall. So 59 votes, not enough to get the two thirds to override said veto. Um, so we're going to have this wall coming up um, unless, unless the, uh, 
the Republicans who voted in favor of, of shutting down the emergency and every Democrat, which was 12 Republicans, and, and I think that they're certainly uh, worth mentioning, and we'll, we'll get to that, but uh, <clears throat> there wasn't enough support. They need 66, so they need another seven votes in order to get uh, this wall defend, or, uh, to defend against this wall. And uh, I am of there's there's really two personalities out there for a limited or I guess we can call it limited government. Uh, it seems like the unlimited government side of things says that they don't want the government involved on this. It's really weird. Um, but the limited side of of limited side of government, the Republican Party, the people that are in support of this, they're they're in support of this declaration. Their big argument is. We're going to have this happen. We're going to let this happen. We're going to allow the president in order to do this because it is a serious problem down there at the border. Um, it is a serious enough problem that we're going to allow the president of the United States to be able to use the National Emergencies Act in order to uh, control and, and allocate this money down there on the wall. And uh, basically, we don't need Congress to, to act. It's a big enough issue that they, they, they feel vindicated and they feel like this is a good reason to support that. I am not of that faith. I am of the, the belief that if we are going to have a separation of power, then Congress needs to act. And when Congress does not act, it doesn't mean that you're going to use some, some disgusting act that should never have been passed because it was so vague, right? A dec a, an emergency is not even defined um, during that act. In order to whim away what it is that you want in order to just use the pen to have the executive orders to have the pen of the executive be able to do as they please and so president trump is able to do that right now and and i think it is extremely uh hypocritical for people to believe right during president obama who is writing executive orders like crazy um to say we don't want to have a president that has all this authority and all this power but as soon as a, a republican president and and i use republican just because the name is there um just because the r is there to say well i agree with the president i agree with his stance and so therefore i'm okay with this uh being moved on it, it they're there is that level of, of separation that people are trying to push for. And I don't think it is necessarily the right answer. Um, so there's there's so we're gonna see this come up. We're seeing where it's it's not only an issue of the money being allocated, right? It's not just an issue of the eight billion dollars that are being allocated from the national emergencies. It's not just an issue of the one point four billion dollars that was allocated by Congress. Um, it's also an issue of as this continues on, they're going to have to use the other portion of the Constitution, and that is the eminent domain. And using the eminent domain of the Constitution means that we're going to be taking property from the people. We're going to be taking people's property, which is approximately two-thirds of the border along the southern border. We're going to be taking that, whether it's with, uh, against their will or with their consent. For the people with their consent, I have no issue. I have no problem with that. Go ahead. If you want to give up your property to the government and you want to exchange in that, um, no problem there, right? It's your property. Live and let live. You do you, boo-boo. 
But for the people that don't agree with the wall, the people that don't want their property being taken from them, being seized and being compensated um, as what the government has determined and not what they have determined, there is a serious atrocity there. There's a problem why eminent domain is a serious problem, and it is that the buyer gets to set the value of the property. If I go into a store and I say, I want to buy that computer, right? If I want to buy this computer that I just bought, and the store says, well, it's, it's normally going to be, I'll just throw out an arbitrary number. Normally it's going to be $2,000. Normally going to be $2,000. And I'm like, oh, hmm, no, 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 thank you. I don't want to spend $2,000. I'm going to praise your value of this computer at approximately $300. They say, no, 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 not acceptable. I'm not going to allow that. And I go, I got this piece of paper over here. This piece of paper says that I get this thing at $300 because I said so. That is what's going to happen with this land because there is land across the border, down along the border, in which people have not only monetary value in it, but also uh, heritage, right? These, this is land that could be passed down through the generations, so there is a, a bit of a time stake there. This is a, a hand-me-down thing through the generations, and so we're just coming through and just taking it because we have a desire, we have a need, and we get to use the piece of paper that is the Constitution. Which brings me to my next issue on this. You don't get to use the Constitution just because you want to use it and then ignore it all the other times. And I want to bring back this quote from way back when, after the Parkland shooting, where we'll take the guns first and worry about due process later. If you have that for a stance, I don't want you to stand there and tell me that you give two craps about the Constitution. That is not, that should not be in your arsenal of words. That should not be in your vernacular of you and supporting the Constitution. So I, 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 I am extremely critical of anyone, of anyone, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, who say that they're in support and they're going to defend and they're going to uphold their oath to the, to the Constitution if they're willing to either vocally or by action actually violate it, which the bump stock ban, yes, that is a violation of the Second Amendment. I don't care, oh, it's just an accessory. No, it is a violation of the Second Amendment. Stop telling people how they're able to protect themselves. Stop telling people how they're allowed to uh, carry or keep and bear arms. It shall not be infringed. Every gun law is a is unconstitutional and is a violation of the Constitution and should be ripped up and torn apart. Um, it, it's just frustrating. So what we're seeing now is where the president of the um, the president of the United States is able to use a, a an absolutely stupid law that was pushed pushed through by Congress. So the Congress said, look, we're not effective enough. We're not capable of, of handling these things. When emergencies come up, we're going to give it to one sole person. We're going to give it to one person and we're going to allow that person to dictate this. And then they go, well, we don't exactly agree with this, but we don't have enough of a majority in order to stop this. Take the parties out of this. Take the parties out of this and, and realize that if we are going to have a president of the United States that has more authority than the 100 people in the Senate, than the 435 people in the House, by being able to just go, meh, you don't have enough of a majority on either side in order to stop me, there should be a fundamental issue if you believe in a representative government, if you believe in an actual limited government, and if you believe in the Constitution, you believe in the republic in which it was created, from the Constitution, then this should be this should be causing you to pull your hair out. 
This absolutely should be. Ignore what the actual topic is and think about it from an, from an abstract point of view. And, and if you're not outraged by this, I think you're still figuring out that you might be a fan of President Trump or you might be a fan of the Republicans or you might be a fan of the wall. Whatever it is, I think that your bias is really getting involved on there. And, and you're, not, you're not looking at this in, in, a, in an abstract kind of way. And that's, that's important, right? Take yourself, take the situation and, and look at it. Take the people out, put person X, put person Y, put panel B, put, you know, and, and look at it. It's not going to be something that's fruitful for the future. It's not a way of having a representative group um, being able to come together, have a discussion and have, make decisions together. This means that there has to be somewhat of a form of united people. And what this precedent, what this, this idea as it continues on, what this means is that Congress, as long as the president is able to somehow vindicate themselves, whether it's a man or a woman in the future, they're able to go around Congress, be able to do what they want to do. And the issue then becomes, what is the purpose of Congress? What is the purpose of Congress? If they're able to do what they want to do and, and the country is so heavily divided on everything, that they're just in constant gridlock, then the president has basically all the authority to do as they want. We're giving too much power to the president and it needs to be pulled back. This has been going on since, arguably since the beginning of the country, but it's time that we start waking up to this idea that we need to pull power back to uh, the federal house and the federal Senate. We need to actually reinvoke the, uh, or reinstate the 10th amendment and start shrinking them remove the 17th amendment actually have state representatives having a representative in in dc and start restoring this this republic or we could just keep pushing towards democracy something that i don't think republicans argue against but when it comes down to it i think that they're in favor of it whenever it's a, it, whenever it, it's supporting what they want it, it oh, it's just frustrating so me as somebody who is a limited government kind of person, I'm not down for any infringement on my liberties. Yes, Jesse, absolutely. Um, it needs it, there. There is a serious flaw within within the system in which we have. Um, so I don't know. What do you What are you guys' thoughts? Do you guys think that the president of the United States was right to veto this, knowing that uh, they wouldn't have enough power, wouldn't have enough votes in order to overturn it? Um, is the wall enough of a justification in order to allow the president of the United States to do this? I'm not sold on it, obviously. I want to go from that, from one atrocity to another atrocity, and that is with the New Zealand shooter. So with the New Zealand shooter, there was a, a one man in his late 20s who went through and shot up he was born in Australia. This is from the, the manifest or manifesto itself. Uh, answering possible questions. I'm, uh, I'm just going to read this for you guys, and then we'll, we'll get into a little more of the details. Uh, in general, who are you? Just an ordinary white man, 28 years old, born in Australia to a working class, low income family. My parents are Scottish, Irish, and English stock. I had a regular childhood without any great issues. I had a little interest in education during my schooling, barely achieving a passing grade. I did not attend university as I had no great interest in anything offered in the universities to study. I worked for a short time before making some money investing in BitConnect. 
and then I use the money from the investment to travel. More recently, I've been working part-time as a kebab removalist. I'm just a regular white man from a regular family who decided to take a stand to ensure the future of my people. This is how you know it's going to go go bad. Take a stand to ensure the future of my people. My people. He's not talking about the American race. He's not talking about the American populace. Um, so this man went into to two mosques, and there was another individual that was supporting him. And in one mosque, there was 20, or sorry, 41 killed. And in the other mosque, there were seven killed. And I believe uh, one more had died since then uh, in medical uh, in medical hands obviously due to the gunshots and so the motivation here's where the media went wrong here's where the media as expected immediately comes out and said it was because of trump it was because he's a nationalist it's because he's a he's a conservative he's because he's right wing now there's some honesty to that but the problem is is that they're saying that's it that is all that it is, and there's nothing more. He doesn't have any lefty views. He doesn't hold any contempt for Trump. He doesn't. Uh, he's just your your mainstream nationalist guy that would support Trump on anything and everything that he does. And I have to point out to you guys, if you guys haven't seen this manifesto, it is extremely difficult to use to get it on social media. It is extremely difficult because I've been sharing it out. I've been trying to spread it to as many people that want to see it as possible because I think it's important that we actually look at this because what the mainstream media has done and what social media platforms have been doing is actually is making sure that this gets scrubbed and make sure that this is as difficult to spread out as possible. This way that they can have ownership. They can claim what they want to claim for the narrative and if you are incapable if you are unable to get the manifesto, you get, get your own hands on the manifesto, then you have to be the sheeple and you have to believe what they're saying. So I did, I got, I got myself a copy of it. I've got the link sitting right in front of me. I will not be sharing this out, but if you guys want to contact me, you guys are free to contact me on, on Facebook through my private, uh, my private account. You guys are free to contact me there. And I will happily spread it to you. I will share it to you through uh, through Facebook Messenger. It comes in two different messages, and you have to connect them th together because even on Facebook Messenger, they go, "No, nope, this doesn't this doesn't fit within our terms and conditions," and therefore you're incapable of sharing this out. So, <clears throat> going through this manifesto, I read I read it in its entirety. To try to understand what this guy was thinking, what he was going through, to understand really, right? Because whenever you create a manifesto, you you have a message that you want to share to people, and 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 I think that we we do a great disservice whenever we go, all right, this guy's bad, and then we just start libeling him, or we start we start labeling it, we start you know just going after him rather than trying to understand it, so that way we can fight. To ensure that this doesn't happen again because while I may vehemently disagree with with Islam I may disagree with with the Muslim faith it doesn't mean that anybody should be killed over this and and there there becomes a, a big issue with this later um, so this was who do you represent millions of Europeans and ethno-nationalist people there we go ethno-nationalist this is something that he he 
attributes to himself multiple times. Ethno-nationalist. So he's a nationalist, so he believes in the country. He's an ethno, which means that he believes in the ethnicity. So he believes in, in segregating people, keeping people segregated based on where they come from, right? So the people of Egypt stay in Egypt. The people of Israel stay in Israel. The people um, in, in Scotland, Irish, and, and what was the other one? They stay in those countries. I don't know how that works. But basically the European people stay there. And, and so you just keep everyone within your own nations, you handle yourselves, and, and the, the ideology, which I vehemently disagree with, is that um, people stay on their own and then you have a bunch of people failing because their race is inferior, and the white race is superior, and therefore it succeeds, right? This is something I vehemently disagree with. I, I sandwich that. I hope nobody's going to uh, snip that and go, oh, look at this guy. Um, but nonetheless, if you do, you're just a piece of crap, and that's why. Um, so he is uh, ethno-nationalist peoples that wish to live in peace among their own people, living in their own lands, practicing their own traditions, and deciding the future of their own kind. That's right. You get to decide the future of your own people, but uh, if you're not my people, if you're not my people, if you don't have the same red blood, I mean, not same red blood, if you don't have the same brain, oh, you still got the same brain as me. If you don't have the, uh, it's just about the color of somebody's skin. If you have a different color of skin, then you're obviously a different person and you're not acceptable to, to assimilate and to integrate it with one another, in his view. Um, are you a part of any political groups or movements? I'm not a direct member of any organization or group, though I have donated to many nationalist groups and have interacted with many more. While we're talking about nationalists, nationalist is going to be brought up a lot during this manifesto. While we're talking about nationalism, I want to make it very clear. When it comes to nationalism, it is the same thing as socialism, right? Unless you're a global socialist, if you're a, a socialist within just your borders of your, your country, it is synonymous with nationalism. So if you want to nationalize, if you want to nationalize healthcare, you also want to socialize the healthcare. If you want to nationalize a, your oil rigs down in Venezuela, you are socializing the oil rigs down in Venezuela. These are synonymous, so I want to, I want to make that clear distinction for people. If you if you have missed that in the past, um, here's one thing that that oftentimes people people try to throw out there, and and I thought it was good that he had put this in here. I say good because just the, the content, not because of, of who he is. Did you carry out the attack for fame? No, carrying out an attack for fame would be laughable. After all, who can remember the name of the attackers on September 11th in New York? How about the attack on the Pentagon? The attackers in the plane that crashed on the field on the same day, I will be forgotten quickly. Good. Which I do not mind. That's fine. Um, and a after all, I am private and mostly introverted person. But the aftershock from my actions will ripple for years to come, driving political and social discourse, creating the atmosphere or fear and change that is required. So he wants to drive fear. He wants to drive a change through fear. This is what fascists, this is what... Uh, communists. This is what the people across the, the upper band of the political spectrum, right? Those opposing libertarianism, this is what they want to live by. The fear, right? When you look at socialists, when you look at communists, when you look at Marxists, when you look at fascists, what they say is, look, we have to do it with force because if we don't do it with force, it's going to end up bad for you. It's going to be bad for you. If we don't use the government in order to, to operate the things that we want to, it will have the catastrophic events in the opposite direction. 
He was planning this attack for two years, and and here's one big one. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hopefully uh, this may look weird for a second. All right, um, <clears throat> right here. Why did you choose to use firearms? I could have chosen you. I could have chosen any weapons or or means. A TATP filled rental van, a household flower, a method of dispersion and an ignition source. A ball-peen hammer and a wooden shield, gas-fire vehicular attacks, plane attacks, and any means were available. I had the will and I had the resources. I chose firearms, and this is where the left really needs to listen in on this. I chose firearms for the effect it would have on social discourse. The extra media coverage would provide and the effect it could have on the politics of the United States. That's right. This man was killing people in New Zealand in order to affect the United States and thereby the political situation of the world. The U.S. is torn into many factions by its Second Amendment along state, social, cultural, and most importantly, he said most importantly, racial lines. With enough pressure, the left wing within the United States will seek to abolish the Second Amendment, and the right wing within the U.S. will see this as an attack on their very freedom and liberty. It would be. Um, this attempted abolishment of rights by the left will result in dramatic polarization of the people of the United States and eventually a fracturing along the US along cultural and racial lines. Because if you look at if you look at this nation along the racial lines, there is there is a difference between the right and the left, right? We we understand that um up until really recently the left has had a a very dominant a very dominant control over um, how the <clears throat> how people fill in based on race, with the exception of white people, on where they go to vote, right? The the left has been able to take all persons of color and basically been able to have a monopoly on them. Um, first, President Trump has been able to in in his first two years been able to pull more from the black vote, and and we're we're nearly at a quarter. Right, nearly 25%, and and that's a, a catastrophic change. This is putting a lot of fears on the left, but because of that, the Democratic Party has been against the guns, and because of that, they've been able to to get people on that. And so there is some truth behind the behind the lines that um, <clears throat> those advocating against guns and those advocating for guns, there is somewhat of a racial line there. So this is this is him trying to impose himself and into the politics of, of America. And it brings up an interesting point that the left, the Democrats are always saying, look, we don't want foreign nationals. We don't want foreign entities to be affecting our elections and to be affecting our politics, except for when it's helpful, except for when it helps our side, except for when it's an illegal immigrant. And then, and we have plenty of, of these Democrats coming out and speaking favorably of these uh, when illegal immigrants are, are being encouraged to vote and everything else. So he's doing this, and, and he references this many times throughout this manifesto, that he's trying to use firearms in order to stir this up, and he wants to have people hate it. He wants people to be hated by for this stuff, and uh, it, it's clearly a big issue because people are playing into his, his playbook um, quite rapidly. Um, it, it, 
we have to figure out a way in order to really push this out to the people to make sure that you're hearing exactly what he wants to so that you're not playing into his playbook and, and getting more divided. Instead, we got to find ways in order to unite again. Um, let me scroll down to the bottom, towards the bottom, I apologize. Um, there is a, a message that a lot of people, I believe CNN was one of them that was saying that he's just a white supremacist and he's a conservative. Uh, the white supremacist may have some accuracy to this, uh, but the conservative one, uh, he actually wrote a section to this. He wrote a section and is labeled two conservatives. And I want to read this to you guys because it is, it is uh, daunting and it may have a little bit of truth in this. This was before I read that actually. Um, here's here's a really big issue that I see a lot of times whenever I read a manifesto or whenever I'm reading topics. Um, from people in which I vehemently disagree with the way that they operate, the way that they act, and, and the uh, the atrocities that they commit, um, is that at the core principle of some things that they say, it's rooted in truth. Now, maybe they're going after the wrong target. Maybe they're going after the wrong people, or maybe they're just going about it in the wrong way, which anytime they're using violence uninitiated or uh, unprovoked is, is clearly an issue. Um, but sometimes they, they say things, and it's rooted in a little bit of truth. And so uh, I, I want to read this message really quick. Um, to conservatives, ask yourself, truly, what has modern conservatism managed to conserve? What does it seek to conserve? The natural environment, Western culture, ethnic autonomy, religion, the nation, the race, nothing is conserved. The natural environment is industrialized, pulverized, and commodit uh, commoditized. Western culture is trivialized, trivialized, pulped, and blended into a smear of meaningless nothing, with the only tenets and beliefs seemingly held to the myth of the individual. The, war, the value of work, productivity for the benefit of, of your capitalist owners, and the sovereignty of private property to ensure none of us get grand ideas of taking the unearned wealth of our owners. Um, this part, right, he's, he's going after capitalism, he's going after individual liberties, and and that's that's been something that I've been railing against, right? Because we've been going away from this. We've been moving to where government has been able to 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 get involved, to to regulate, to control, and to basically tell us how to live our lives. We don't really have ownership of our property, right? If you look at your property and you you actually buy land, you have to pay every year, even after you've paid it off entirely. You still have to pay to rent that, so you don't get to own stuff. Um, ethnic autonomy. This is something that I completely disagree with. Um, ethnic autonomy destroyed in the name of cheap labor whilst they publicly object to the illegal immigration of the third world masses. Privately, they push for such a or for as much migration as possible. Anything to decrease the labor cost of produ production and line their pockets with the profits. They remove the Europeans' people autonomy and sovereignty for their own lust of power and wealth. This is another big call to the capitalists, to, to people that, um, I'll, I'll just say it, President Trump has been a strong advocate against illegal immigration, yet we have found out that at Mar-a-Lago and at a couple other of his resorts and, and, and uh, properties, he's hiring or they are hiring illegal immigrants. So when you're hiring somebody to get the bottom wages, the minimum wages, um, below what the federal or the state minimum wages are in order to help move things along and to get cheap labor, he's calling them out for this. Um, he goes on to talk about religion, talks about the nation and the race and everything else. And at the end, he says, conservatism is dead. 
thank God. Makes a call out to Christians. He calls out the Antifa, the Marxists, and the communists. And if you're a socialist, you're just a communist and afraid to say it yourself. Um, he says, I do not want to convert you. I do not want to come with an understanding. Egalitarians and those that believe in hierarchy will never come to terms. I don't want you by my side, and I don't want to share power. I want you in my sights, and I want your neck under my boot. See you on the streets, you anti-white scum. So he's calling out anyone who opposes his race and, and everything else. Man is clearly deranged. He uh, he says some things in here that are, are very important during the questions. Um, he does plan. He doesn't care if he survives the attack or not. He obviously did. Do you feel any remorse for the attack? No, I only wish I could have killed more invaders and more traitors as well. So he's... He's out there to commit as many atrocities as he can. Um, was the racist attack? Yes. Uh, if you survive, do you tend to go to trial? Yes, and plead not guilty. The attack was a partisan action against the occupying force, and I am a lawful, uninformed combatant. So this guy has the ideology that what he is doing is for the greater good, and even later says that he is deserving of the Nobel Peace Prize and uh, believes that he will get it within 27 years. Here we go. Um, why do you believe you will be released from prison? I do not just expect to be released, but I expect an eventual Nobel Peace Prize as awarded to the terrorist Nelson Mandela once his own people achieved victory and took power. I expect to be freed in 27 years from my incarceration, the same number of years as Mandela for the same crime. Sorry, that one. Um, that one oh, yeah. And I expect to an eventual Nobel Peace Prize. So he goes on and he even throws out out, out a, a really big troll question. I've, I've noticed a lot of people miss this. And so um, I wanted to share it with you guys. Um, because I want, I want to, as disgusting of a person as this is, as somebody that uh, we should all vehemently disagree with on on basically on every one of his actions, I want to make sure that you guys understand that he is a human. Why do I want you guys to think that he's a human? Why do I want to humanize him? Because there are other people that are in your life that may have this view, that may, um, that may be absolutely reprehensible, repugnant, and everything else. And, and understanding that they're human means that you can affect them. You can make a change. And so this one was from what, quote unquote, his public enemies. Um, the title is, you are racist, bigot, uh, xenophobe, Islamophobe, Nazi, fascist. And he says, A, compliments will get you nowhere. B, this isn't a question. And C, he goes on to do a 4chan uh, post, um, which is just basically saying that I was a Navy SEAL, yada, yada, yada. It's, 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 it's a copy and paste. If you guys are 4chaners, uh, copy and pasta. Um, but... So this guy is trying to make humor of this. This guy is trying to make light of this situation. And so there is obviously something deranged there. If you want to say, you know, he's from 4chan, so obviously he's an autist or whatever, um, there may be some truth to that. But we have to understand, we have to be able to, to figure out people that have these egregious views and figure out how to make these changes because this is not something that even if we disagree with Islam, even if we disagree with the migration policies, even if we disagree with everything that's going on, you have to be able to figure out how to make this better rather than resorting to the atrocities and the violence that's being committed. Um, Manifesto was a massive troll. He said that he learned to be a white nationalist by playing Spyro the Dragon 3. It's, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, I'm getting I'm getting chats in the background from the from the muddy muddy waters media crew. Um, I'm glad uh, I'm I'm glad I'm assisting you with my butter. Um, but yeah, so this entire debacle, this entire thing, has been stirring up a lot of hate and discontent, and I think that there's there's a lot of truth behind this. Um, but understanding what the message is, understanding what he was trying to portray, and understand that he was trying to create a divide is not something that um, historically, right? Looking at the history of America, looking at how we've we've been able to come together after atrocities, right? Um, after 9-11, I remember how unifying our country became because of an atrocious act. And now it looks like any time that there's a big uh, hubbub, a big event, a big uh, atrocity that happens, we become more and more divided. This is going to be ripping at the, the social fabric. This is going to be ripping at the fabric of the nation. This is what's going to help us move towards the Roman Empire and be torn apart uh, just the same. And those who do not uh, heed uh, he to, to history are doomed to repeat it. And this may be one of those instances that may be another spark on the way to setting this country aflame. As much as I vehemently disagree with our government and the way that they function, the way that they structure themselves and the, the laws that they pass and the regulations and the socialism that's been enacted, it does not mean that I want this country to burn down to the ground and, and to spark up a giant civil war or revolutionary war, whatever kind of war you want to talk about. If it is the next World War II of our generation, to use Alexander Ocasio-Cortez's line, it doesn't mean that I actually want that to come about. I will, I will defend my life my liberty, my pursuit of happiness with every bit that I, I can and with every means that I have. But that doesn't mean that I ever want to actually have to live through that and, and push for that. So um, <clears throat> I think we've spent enough time on this. It's, oh. yeah, New Zealand, I deepest sympathy goes out to the people of New Zealand. This is uh, not something that's great. Uh, there was a senator from there. Uh, I believe it was a senator that wrote something and basically said, you know what, the, the guy is egregious. The left is going to come out. They're going to come after the guns again. They're going to say the gun laws are, are, are too lackadaisical. And uh, really the issue is the migration in this country. And so even in New Zealand, you're seeing that being bolstered, the, the argument against that. Uh, not a great time. Um, I want to move on to something that's a little bit, little bit, um, little bit less divisive. I wish my, my, my hotkeys would work. But uh, here we have rudeness isn't illegal, says the Sixth Circuit, in a case of blipped off cop who issued a ticket. Uh, the Sixth Circuit sides with a snippy driver. Rest assured, folks, it's still okay to give the cops the middle finger. That's right, boys and girls. Your First Amendment is still protected. Go ahead and flip them a bird. Let them know how you feel. And if a police officer detains and harasses the driver for doing so, that officer could find themselves in trouble. In March 13th, the ruling from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit, judges denied qualified immunity to a Michigan police officer who was pulled over for a driver flipping him off as she drove away from a traffic stop. Fits of rudeness or lack of gratitude may violate the golden rule, but that doesn't make them illegal or for that matter, punishable, or for that matter, grounds for seizure. That's right. You can't, you can't, be, uh, you can't be pushing that civil asset forfeiture just because somebody flipped you off, wrote the circuit judge Jeffrey Sutton for the three-judge panel in uh, Cruz Gaias versus Menard. 
Initially, Deborah uh, Cruz was pulled over for speeding. Officer Menard gave her a ticket for a lesser offense called non-moving violation, and she struck and she stuck her middle finger up at him as she drove away, or as he drove away. I'm sure she was, uh, you know, she was trying to get out of it a little bit, and, uh, uh, you know, she didn't get out of it, so she's like, you know what, if I if I do all that I can, if I do all of the good that I can, and it still doesn't get me out of this, uh, might as well give the man the bird and let him know he could take it the take it all the way to home base if he would like to. And uh, he took it to home base all right. He wrote her a ticket and um, it didn't make him happy. He pulled her over again and changed the ticket to a moving violation, a speeding offense, and what counts as a more serious violation of Michigan law because Cruz did not break any law that would justify the second stop and was at most exercising her free, free speech rights. We affirm that the district's court ordered denying uh, Officer Menard's civil rule 12C motion for judgment on the pleading. Sutton notes that Menard moved for judgment on the pleadings based on qualified immunity and that qualified immunity protects police officers from personal liability unless they violate a person's clearly established constitutional or statutory rights. In this case, the rights asserted by Cruz met that standard. So lesson learned. After the officer has given you a ticket, you can go ahead and flip him the bird. He can't give you another ticket. If he gives you another ticket, find a way over there to the sixth court uh, and uh, run it up the chain. Once you get to the appeals, you will be defended. I doubt that this court case is going to be making it up to the next level. Um, so uh, this might be where where it does stop. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could say this is a big win for Liberty. If you want to flip the bird, you flip the bird, and that's okay. Oh, fancy screen share. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, it is it is terrible quality though. I'm seeing. Um, <laughs> it's my middle finger being detained. <laughs> uh, so, mm, let me make sure I'm back on the right screen. All right. I want to get into a, a little bit more of the ridiculousness that is the left. Because as much as we go after the right, there is a, a thing called the balance, and we have to go after the left just as well. So, Cory Broker, the, the man who invented, uh, what was that, T-Bone? T-Bone, the, the drug dealer, made him up, is now announced on Friday that his vice presidential pick for the 2020 White House ticket will be a woman. That's right, boys and girls. If you're a boy, he don't want you. He wants a woman because women are somehow, something between their legs is going to be able to make it okay. Now, understanding the allegations about Cory Broker and the past of him uh, sexually assaulting a man, I believe it was, I believe it was a 17-year-old that he had admitted to. Um, makes sense why you'd want to be a woman around him and not have a man. So maybe he's just trying to protect himself, or maybe it's just the sexism that, you know, identity politics, that women need to come in and w more women need to have power. And if you really want women to have more power, I don't think the president or the vice presidency is that position in which they're going to have that much power. The vice president is not somebody that uh, has a lot of sway, has a lot of swing. Sure, maybe if if the Senate is locked up at 50 votes apiece, you know, the the vice president comes in and swings the uh, I was going to say the the swing the phallical shaped object, but you know, in the the event of the woman, I doubt she's bringing in that kind of rubber. Uh, but coming in and, and swinging the vote the way that they they want. So the vice president is not somebody with exact power. Um, I think this is just another virtue signaling. 
I know that Cory Brooker is not high up in the polls. He's struggling right now in a swamped field of Democrats. And so he's got to find one way. He's got to find something that changes him up from being something else. And uh, short of, of identifying as a woman himself, this might be the next best move. So he's got to he's got to do something to, to throw him out and to, to make a difference between him and the rest of the field. And I got to tell you guys, there's one person that is. And we uh, this was covered heavily. This was covered heavily on Tuesday's night show, and I could not contain myself with the laughter that I was having. So if you guys missed the show from Tuesday night with Mike and uh, with, I always put you guys together. If you guys missed the show with Matt and Spike, or as Mike as I'm going to start calling them from now on, um, absolutely hysterical because we were talking or they were talking about Andrew Yang. That's right, 2020 Democrat hopeful uh, Andrew Yang, who made it to the one percent. He is the one percent. Everyone else, uh, there was a, lot, a couple other candidates, so less than one percent. But Andrew Yang coming out in favor of that $1,000 a month universal basic income to make sure that you can afford absolutely nothing more because everyone has $1,000 more. Um, but there's there's a lot of good stuff there. And so hashtag Yang Gang, we're on board. We're trying to push for the Yang Gang to come through. Get on the Yang Gang train. And let's go run through. Uh, the country's going to crap anyways. Might as well get paid for it while we're doing it, right? While the country comes down, burns into flames, uh, the, the, the presidency is able to cede as much power as they want to and with ever, whatever way they want to. We'll go ahead and do that and uh, get paid while we're doing it. So Andrew Yang needs to get a little support behind him as well. Um, of course, his views on the guns, uh, of course, his views on, on health care, on just everything, basically, well, except for the universal basic income, uh, is pretty atrocious. Honestly, even the universal basic income, if I was a logical person, if I was a person that was of liberty mind, if I was a person that understand economics in the slightest, would know that universal basic income uh, would not be something that's necessarily feasible or, or supported by any economist out there that is willing to put their name on it. Uh, would not be good for any country, but I'm not that person. So therefore, yes, give me the $1,000. Give me the money. I want the money. Give me the $1,000 a month. I will be able to, to live a life of luxury. You guys will see me pulling up in the new Lambo. Um, I will be living a life with Andrew Yang and a part of the Yang gang. We're coming through. Keep your eyes and ears out for that, baby, or boys and girls. It's going to be a great time. Uh, so Cory Booker, uh, you're not going to make it, man. Bring in as many women as you want to. It's not going to be enough to take over the Yang gang. While we're talking about Democrats, uh, I do. So if you guys missed the news, Bernie Sanders hurt himself today. Hurt himself in the shower, cut open his head. But don't worry, boys and girls. He he may have lost a couple brain cells, but those ones weren't functioning anyways. He's going to be back on the trail. He's going to keep on going. He's got a big old patch to make sure that you know that he's hurting for the presidency. And uh, he's going to continue on. It's hopefully it knocks some sense into him. We don't know yet. We don't know if it if it actually gave him any economic sense. We don't know if he somehow hit the hit the door of uh, of his shower and then he learned what actual work ethic was or learned how how things function um, to be able to say, hey, maybe I'm not the greatest person at being able to to dictate how things work. Uh, but but it's doubtful he will remain being his dictator self. His his idea that. He gets to dictate on how the economy goes and how everything is structured. Uh, so Bernie Sanders making fantastic news for himself uh, by by getting into a fight with a shower and uh, probably losing. Jason is sold on the Yang. Yes, <laughs> get the damn bag. 
Uh, okay, I'm not. I'm not missing any Facebook comments. <clears throat> Bernie's gonna get slashed again if he gets <laughs> gets in the way of the Yang Gang. <laughs> oh man. Uh, while we're talking about Democratic support and we're talking about presidencies, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, who feigned the idea that she's gonna be running for presidency despite the fact that she's not 35 years of age, it says that it's a man, not a woman. Uh uh, want to talk about her favorable ratings because she has made a name for herself. Is the name good? Is the name bad? She's made a name for herself nonetheless. So <clears throat> the Hill reported tonight, 4.40 p.m., so just, just a little while ago, uh, this was dropped. So her unfavorable ratings for the New York Democrat have increased more steeply than the favorable ratings. This is good. This is positive. This is important because she's an idiot. She's a she's an imbecile. She's she's the puppet of her of her boyfriend, the chief of staff. She's involved with FEC uh, 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 criminal activity. I don't know if it raises the level of criminal, but uh, she's she's going through that process right now of the FEC finding her um, for laundering money effectively and her chief of staff for doing it. Um, so about 31% of American adults polled viewed Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez favorably. 31%. That was up from 24% in September. So since September, about 7% 7 of people that were polled said, all right, now I actually know who she is and, and I think she's better than what she is. Uh, but... Roughly 41%, so almost half of the country, almost half or half the people polled, uh, view her unfavorably, up from 26%. So we had a 15% increase on the unfavorable. You guys need to start tuning in more. Share your friends, get your friends in here, because we need to make sure that that 41% makes it to 50%. Once we make it to 50%, why not go to 60%? Because everyone needs to see her in an unfavorable light, because she is not only is she illogical, not only does she have a degree in economics, which is a complete waste because she doesn't know anything about economics. She's just not good for the country. She's just not good for for the people she's representing, and uh, she she's just atrocious. While we're talking about that, I, I, I want, we're going to hop from topic to topic, if you will. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have seen the news. Parents are bribing colleges to get their children in. Isn't that a great thing? Isn't it beautiful that parents are so concerned with the, the future of their children that they're willing to spend half a million dollars, several hundred thousand dollars, lie, cheat, um, be able to have other students or other children, other adults perform tests to make sure that their students get accepted into these colleges. It's a fantastic thing, right? It's so good because honestly, once they get in there, they're going to go to school. Honestly, they're going to get these good degrees. They're going to get good education and they're just going to go out and be uh, proper adults and, and really helping make this economy thrive. Of course, those cheaters, the cheaters, they, they, they flip it over and they, they become great people in the aftermath. Uh, not so much. So this was, uh, this was breaking news over the week that there was, there's several people, even, uh, Aunt Becky from Full House, she was found guilty of this. Uh, people are, are disassociating themselves uh, quite quickly. There's and for the right reasons, right? If you are that kind of a person that you're like, well, my child's my child's future is more important than everything else, then I'm just going to cheat the cheat their way into getting an education. Not only are you kind of cheating your child, not only are you kind of cheating the system, but you're also devaluing those degrees. So if people are all honestly making these degrees, then there's value to them. There's more value to them than, than what the current system is. 
So we've had a devaluing of colleges for a long time between the uh, cultural Marxism that has been imposed through the uh, the teachings and lessons of the teachers within the administrations and how that's been structured and how that's been going. We had affirmative action and where we say, based on your race, we're going to accept people that may have just fallen outside of the normal acceptance of people that would uh, be able to do well at our school. Uh, you know, people that are just below the bar, we're going to allow them based on their their uh, ethnicity in order to bring them in. People that maybe just barely made the cusp, eh, actually, uh, because of your race, we're going to bump you away as well. We're going to have to we're going to have to kick you out. So affirmative action was something that uh, did come in and and devalue a little bit more of of the education system and the the the, the future of colleges and everything else. And then now that we have this bribery stuff, it is just, again, showing that college education is, is, is worth much less than what most people want to actually honestly talk about. Uh, if you want to get better education, on the job training. If you want to get a better education, do an actual apprenticeship. Go to, um, um, my mind is blanking on it. You guys know what I'm thinking. Uh, go to the, um, go to the labor ones. Go to, Go learn HVAC, go learn welding, go learn automotive, go learn a trade school. There we go. Go to a trade school. You'll get a better education. You actually make more money and it costs a lot less because it's not being super subsidized and being super controlled by the government nearly in the same way that uh, the uh, colleges are, which, you know, we've, we've covered multiple times about how the government gets involved. They subsidize, they regulate, they control, they manipulate, and that causes the cost, the burden to come into schools to be even higher from there. And so it, it, it just, it just becomes worse. Look, yes. And Spike's got it absolutely right. You got to go learn to code as well. Um, so the education system is turning into crap and is producing people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. When you have an economics degree, when you have an economics degree and you go, Keynesian is the greatest economic policy ever when you put one dollar into the road six dollars pops out you can tell that you don't really you never really paid attention in economic class you can really just genuinely look at somebody and go you know nothing you know nothing because it's not any actual economist that is saying that it's just a bunch of people that are like oh, i've read a couple of economic studies or views and i think that this is the way that it goes College education is not the way of the future, boys and girls. If you've got kids, I've got I've got two, one kid here, one kid on the way. Um, I'll do everything I can in order to make sure that their future is bright, and that means that I'm probably going to keep keep them away from education, uh, education as in colleges. Move them into a trade school, get them into on job training, do whatever it is, but keep them away from from colleges until they're able to clean themselves out. Uh, while the government is subsidizing, while the government is providing, while the government is giving all of these things to uh, to these or to these platforms, to the academia, uh, it's allowing them to survive not on their own will. And much like with the government, if the government wasn't living through extorted funds, the government, if it was treated as a regular private business, would have failed decades ago, centuries ago, centuries ago. It would have failed in like 1700s. I, because nobody wants to voluntarily pay for, for trash services. Nobody wants to voluntarily pay for something that doesn't work for them. And uh, the college education, that's, that's going in the same way. If they were, if we had an honest look at them, we would not 
be having these college educators uh, providing the education to our youth um, the way that they are right now. <sighs> We're going through a lot of stuff tonight. All right. Oh, no, 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 no. I just closed that window and I didn't want to close that window. Hmm. That sucks. All right. Whatever. We're going to go through with this on, on this one. So this is from BB Pray Daily Press, a little no-name place, a little no-name site, but Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So like we were talking about earlier, we are talking about uh, Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft? Robert Kraft. Is it Robert? Anyways, Kraft from the New England Patriots. So one of the things that came out, right? Apologize. I was the chair, I promise. Um, was that... Robert Kraft was found guilty of utilizing a massage parlor and getting a little extra massage, if you know what I mean. First off, I got to say, if you are having consensual sex with somebody, I don't care. If that consensual sex requires you to pass money from one person to another person, I still don't care. If you have an issue with the second one, if you have an issue with the latter, and then you go, well, there's a video camera involved and they're going to distribute it. Now it's okay. You might want to think about this process again because I don't think adding more things to it changes it based on, well, you've one's a negative and then two negatives makes it a positive again. It, it doesn't work that way, guys. It's not, it's not multiplying negatives here. Um, but, but the police have not said how they tricked two women to go outside a Jupiter Day spa to secretly set up the surveillance cameras inside. What came of this was there is reports and there's understanding that is not, they weren't going after Kraft when they went after this. What they were going after was the fact that uh, Donald Trump Jr. had gone to this parlor. Um, and everything else. And so this was a way to try to get another heist in order to uh, the appearance, whether this is conspiracy or true. Um, they're going in there to try to find something else in order to undermine the Trump administration, right? Undermine another one of the Trumpians and be like, look at how disgusting they are. They're so immoral because they pay for their sex. And uh, honestly, if you had enough money, if you had too much money on your hands, you'd probably pay for stupid things too, right? Because at least... At least you know that they're there for the money. It's not like when you go to the bar and people know that you're rich and they're just like, we want to hang out with you because you're rich. No, when you go and pay for the handy, when you go and pay for that, you know that they're just like, I know the money's coming. I know it's not going to be that great, uh, but I'll I'll work for it. I'll give you what you want. You don't have to worry. I'm not going to not going to try and jip you into this. Um, I'm not going to try and, and take more. I'm not going to, you know, claim rape later. It, it's because of the entire nature of the situation. You know that it's going to be a clean 100% black market uh, experience where both both parties involved are like, hey, let's get this done and let's, let's hush about it later. Um, so they went in there and they don't, the police never want to say uh, how they tricked the women into there how to set up the surveillance camera and records released Monday showed it was referred to as a tactical ruse to get women to step outside the spa that authorized what believed was an actual brothel. Uh, oh, just a brothel. Oh. Despite the fact that in Rhode Island, they, they accidentally legalized prostitution there and uh, we saw sexual assaults go down and we saw rapes go down and that, you know, it, it's, it's horrible stuff whenever you allow for people to consent to this stuff. Um, 
But the justification, one of the reasons of how they went through this and how they, they justified this was actually was the Patriot Act. So the Patriot Act, which is to go after the terrorists, to go after people that want to undo America and tear us apart. Um, just set up a camera and stream it to Pornhub. Now it's legal. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, so the Patriot Act, there to get the terrorists, and that was a, enough of a justification because every terrorist wants the handy, and so they had to set this up, and, and to be able to protect this is the justification that's coming. And, and truly, let's get rid of the Patriot Act. Let's get rid of the National, National Defense Authorization Act, specifically uh, Section 1021, where we're allowing for people to be indefinitely incarcerated without due process. Let's get rid of a lot of these atrocities because stupid events like this should not be occurring. They should not be happening in America where we're supposed to be land of the free. And if you want to get a handy for, for 20 bucks, for 50 bucks, for, for even 100 bucks, you want to pay that much, get, get your handy, all right? I, I'm not going to give you a handy. I'm not, 100 bucks ain't enough. Let me be honest. It's not nearly enough for me to do that. But if somebody else is, is in need, why are we going to take from somebody? Why are we going to prevent somebody from, from being able to have a consensual transaction and, and try to use a terrorist, a terrorist justification in order to go after this? Can you imagine? Oh, well, these, these men, we believe that they were smoking pot. And so we, uh, we set up these cameras and we, we got them because terrorists smoke pot as well. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely uh, disgusting. And this seriously needs to be making it to the national headways. This needs to be syndicated uh, and, and to ensure that we, the people, stand up and go, nobody cares about hand jobs. Nobody cares. You get a little rug and tug, that's fine. Stop making stupid things illegal. Stop it. Right? If there's not a victim, there's not a crime. And if you're trying to find your justification, Find it somewhere else because that's not going to be happening. Ugh. All right, so we covered a crap ton of stuff today. Uh, I do want I, I do want to come back to this. So the very first topic that we talked about was the President Trump national emergencies. The very first thing that we talked about this, and so I want to I want to bring it back to the national emergencies itself. And I want to I want to make it clear. I was having this discussion earlier with a couple of uh, of, of friends of mine. Um, People say that the national emergencies is a serious thing and that national emergencies means that action must be taken. If you look through the 31 different national emergencies that are in effect right now, three of them, three of them are set up to protect Yemen. Protect Yemen. And yet we have the President of the United States who stood in front of a camera to syndicated uh, journalism or to, to the syndicated media and told us, no, we're not going to stand up for Yemen. We are going to continue to have expedited and uh, to have expedited arms deals with Saudi Arabia because it's going to be good for our economy. Now, I agree with the whole pet, uh, petroleum dollar and all that other stuff. Um, but if we're going to say that national emergencies are important, then national emergencies are important and must be adhered to. So that means that if we are going to actually make a, a, a big change to what is going on in this country in the name of one national emergency, then we need to keep 
the severity of national emergencies to the same level, and that means that we have to stop selling arms, we have to stop providing military intelligence, we have to stop providing military intelligence officers, we have to stop giving all of this stuff to Saudi Arabia so that Saudi Arabia can continue to an attempted genocide there in Yemen. And so in Yemen, what is happening? What has been happening in Yemen? Well, first off, Saudi Arabia has been preventing humanitarian aid. They've been starving off the people. They've been providing or they've been uh, blocking off uh, medical facilities so that the people of Yemen aren't able to get this. So they're, they're out of food. They can't get medical treatment and everything else. On top of that, we're having strikes, military strikes, drone strikes, and everything else that are happening there uh, in bombings that are happening not only in the schools, not only at the weddings, but also at the, the, the funerals as a result from the weddings. We are having these atrocities being committed. And I want to, I, I want to know if, if emergencies are so important that they must be the utmost important of America then why are we still supporting a genocide there in Yemen? Why are we supporting it? And the senators right now say that they didn't authorize this war in Yemen and the U.S. must stop supporting it. So with a 54 to 46 vote, lawmakers said the U.S. must block further military support for Saudi Arabia and the United, States, uh, United Arab, Arab Emirates, bombings and other actions of aggression against Yemen. Congress never, never authorized the U.S. to enter this conflict, much like they haven't done for like really any of the conflicts that we're in right now. They, they've made it a, a, a grotesque, generalizing war on terror. And whenever the government gets into a war on an idea, it means that we're going to have more of that idea. The war on drugs, we have more drugs now. <coughs> the war on poverty, we have more poverty. The war on terror, there's more terror globally. So as Mike Lee said, we have been supporting and in some case actively participating in this war. He is one of seven Republicans in the Senate who voted for the resolution, which involves War Powers Act. So the War Powers Act of 1973, I believe it was, basically says that the President of the United States, if, if the country is under threat, if the country, um, yeah, if, there, if there's an imminent threat, if there's a, an attack on, on the land, or I forgot what the third one was, that the president can, can basically bypass Congress for 90 days and get into a conflict. This was so that, that way we didn't have to pull all of Congress together. This was another one of those where Congress comes together and says, we don't think we're going to be effective enough, so here you go, Mr. President. Here you go, Mrs. President. You do what you want to do. Um, so the others was Susan, Susan Collins of Maine, Steve Daines of Montana, Jerry Mo Moran of Kansas, Lisa Murkowski, Rand Paul, of course, uh, Todd Yog of Indiana. Since March 2015, so this was from Obama and continued on through Trump, members of the United States Armed Forces have been introduced into hostilities between the Saudi-led coalition and the Houthis, including providing the Saudi-led coalition aerial targeting assistance, intelligence sharing, and mid-flight aerial refueling. That's right, boys and girls. We are helping them bomb people by giving them fuel mid-air because when you got to be efficient, you got to be efficient. Mm. This is the stuff that really, really does infuriate me. So um, I'm hoping that as we continue to see this push, President Trump will go, hey, maybe, maybe my anti-war rhetoric against Afghanistan, maybe my anti-war rhetoric against uh, Syria can be moved over to Yemen and we can stop 
helping support a genocide or an attempted genocide there in Yemen. That would be cream of the crop right there. That would be beautiful. I would love to stand here and, and proudly support the President of the United States on stopping an atrocity from continuing. Um, but for right now, that's not something that I am able to do. And so with that, guys, I want to thank you all for coming in tonight. Uh, if you guys if you guys missed this entire week, this was a good week, other than the fact that on Monday I missed my show because my computer failed to operate. On Wednesday night, we had Facebook and its debacle. I wish I would have remembered that because that was, a, that was also another good event to, to talk about. Um, but other than that, Tuesday's night show, you got to go back and check that out. Matt and Spike really, really nailed it. Uh, absolutely hysterical. Great time. Um, and then Matt on, on Thursday with the writer's block was a fantastic time. Next week. Next week, Monday Monday night, you're going to have me again, Mr. Marker, the Bearded Truth. We'll be covering what happens this weekend. We'll probably probably bring back this Facebook event, and uh, we'll, we'll see exactly what comes up on Monday. But on Tuesday, you guys got to make sure you guys fill in, uh, find your way over here again to, to see Matt, Matt and Spike again. I'm sure it'll be filled with gut, uh, gut-splitting uh, humor, as always, as they peruse through the topics of, of, the, of the, the previous week. Uh, Matt on Wednesday, or I apologize, Spike on Wednesday with my fellow Americans, bringing on uh, his guests and, and helping bring them to the side of liberty, bring that needle over towards us. And then on Thursday, of course, with Matt once again on the writer's block, bringing on his guests. So, uh, and, and of course, Fridays, I wrap it up with you guys like I did tonight. So good week coming up. It was a, it was a hit and miss week this week. Uh, but I think really Matt and Spike really nailed it for Tuesday to make up for, for Monday and Wednesday's mishaps. Um, but I look forward to to seeing you guys on Monday night. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Do not drive or, or drink and drive or ride with those who do. You have family and friends who care about you and love you deeply. And they want you guys to get back here safe and sound on Monday night to see me, Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. And uh, big thank you guys all for coming in tonight, for, for showing support, for joining in on the conversation. And... Uh, Thank you again to Muddy Waters Media for allowing me to come out here and talk to you guys. So have a great night. Enjoy your weekend. And I will see you guys Monday night, 7 p.m. Uh, have a good weekend. Bum, 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 bum.